So here we are, episode four. I, um, I'm sitting in my truck and record here. I noticed on the last uh, episode that there was a plane flying overhead and it stayed, the sound stayed on there forever. Like, it, I guess the microphones are quite sensitive. Uh, I need to, like, really work on the tech part of this uh, for my own sake, if not for for your guys' sake. I just, that, that noise, the noise just really bothers me. And the same when I'm listening to me sing, it's peaking and it's, you know, it's getting distorted because the, so I got to get, I got to get that technical stuff figured out um, and get my voice figured out. Like my voice isn't what it used to be back in the day. I could, uh, I could sing all night and, and still have a clear voice. Now, if I, if I do, you know, five or six takes of one song, uh, my voice is feeling it, right? So part of that might just be working it back up, but a lot of it is, I think, I coached uh, soccer, softball, uh, and baseball for uh, about 25 years, all of them combined. I had four kids, and all of those uh, kids, I coached every single one of them uh, in in soccer and or baseball or fast pitch. And uh, I, I don't, but you know what? I yell. I, my voice naturally is, I can project quite well, uh, but especially in baseball, like I felt like it, sometimes I was in a competition against the other bench, uh, you know, not, not just baseball, fast pitch even more, like the girls fast pitch, a lot of competition <laughs> coming from the benches, um, girls got all their cheers and stuff, it's all, it's a, it's a gas, it's a, you know, I learned a lot about life there, um, Anyway, and I mean, I'm hoping some of those girls I coached will get to to listen to this because I never really shared much about who I was with those people, not just them. Like I coached my oldest boy, I coached him from the time he was like six till he graduated in soccer and baseball uh, and, and softball before baseball. And, uh, you know... Uh, Met a lot of kids and kids' parents, which are my age and some younger, maybe even a few older. And uh, I think, you know, my hope is like I can get uh, all these people that I touch to 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 get in on, on this, my story. Like, it's I don't know. You know, I don't want to be egotistical about it. I just think it's a really interesting story. Plus my whole drive is to get people thinking and so I, I will present questions and I'll even present answers and I you know I really try to to encourage uh, thinking out of the box and critical thinking and uh, looking at stuff that we say we believe and and stuff like that so here we are episode four in the last episode I talked about uh, when I was uh, 16 and uh getting uh getting high on hash after not using uh any drugs for for about three years and uh yeah and that experience was kind of like taking lsd for me now i still haven't gotten to the details of the first time i took lsd i did to the last time i took lsd i was going to talk about uh one of the one of the times where i i took LSD when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, the thing is, is 
like I don't want to glamorize the use of LSD. Uh, it's it's um, I believe that uh, for me, God used it in my life, and and um, um, when you know when I say God, I'm talking about the biblical God, the Creator God, and and Jesus, so the the Trinity God. Uh, so that's to be clear, like that's to be clear. I, I feel like all of the stuff that happened in my life and really I think in everybody's life led to me where I am today. And, and some of that would be good and some of that would be bad. So anyway, I want to go back to, uh, this story in, uh, California. Okay. So when I was, uh, 11, I left, my home in Birmingham, Alabama. I dropped out of school in grade six. And uh, there's a story there of how I got to California, but, and I'll, I will get to that story, but that's not this story in particular. Once in California, I was with a fellow who was 21 years old. Um, and we hitchhiked up and down the coast of California from, uh, uh, well, we flew into Los Angeles. So we flew into Los Angeles and we had friends in uh, Newport Beach. So south of Los Angeles, we went down and stayed with them in Newport Beach for a couple of weeks. Anyway, you know, I can't really remember. Everything's a blur as far as time is concerned. There was no time constraints on us. We were just living free. So it was in January when we flew out to uh, to L.A. from Birmingham, just the two of us. Um, and... Hitchhiked up and down the coast. After we left uh, Newport, and we went up to San Francisco. We had friends in San Francisco. We had friends in Los Angeles area, friends in San Francisco, friends in San Diego, which I think we actually did go down. Yeah, we did. We went down to San Diego at one point. Uh, that's where I met, uh, on that trip down to San Diego, that's where I met Peter, who actually lives in Qualicum now. I'm not going to use last names. In fact, after the last... Um, a podcast that I did, I had somebody request that I not use their name. So I apologize for that. And I'm going to, either I'll use pseudonyms, uh, somebody else's name, uh, or uh, maybe just letters, you know, like, um, you know, just the first letter of their first name. Uh, and that might be too revealing even. So I'll have to decide as I go how I'm going to deal with that. That's that's one thing. Another thing that's interesting is a couple of people have um, contacted me through uh, Messenger, Facebook Messenger, and they have asked me a few questions about my life and my experience and uh, some of the stuff I said about the Bible, like wanting clarification on that stuff. Uh, I'm open to doing that. In fact, that's I, I love dialogue. I, I mean, the only reason I'm on... Uh, any kind of social media is, is to try and, and uh, get a dialogue. And sometimes that dialogue is, is, seems like conflict. For me, it's not so much conflict. It's, uh, it's, an, it's an opportunity, again, to get people to dialogue, to start using their brains, start thinking more, you know, asking questions and answering questions. And me, too. Like, to take people's challenges, it's, uh, it's important. It's an important uh, part of growth, and I think that's something that we as a culture really need to look at. Okay, back to the story. I From L.A., we went to San Francisco, went to a lot of concerts. Like, we we basically followed the Grateful Dead. Um, so, I saw the Grateful Dead 
during that from January to end of June or whatever it was while I was in California before we hitchhiked up to Seattle and met my folks there. Um, I, I, I'm sure I took acid over a dozen times in that period of time. I, I'm, uh, you know, um, and, and I was introduced to cocaine and other drugs and, and, uh, the thing about all of that stuff is I feel like it all formed, like I remember a lot of it. So it formed a, uh, a sort of a net for me. So there's this thread that goes through my life and it touches on those experiences that I had as a, as a preteen taking LSD and other psychedelics um, and just my life, you know, that whole experience. So I feel like God protected me through that and I, I can guarantee you that he did because I know people that were my age older and younger that were devoured at that by that what was happening at that time and and uh, well, my heart goes out to him if I can help you in any way give me a message and you know I'll, I'll gladly uh, do what I can to help you work through whatever your problems are yeah some saint anyway we ended up uh, going, it, it, towards the end of our time in California, we ended up going back to Los Angeles. It's my memory that it was in Los Angeles. Um, and there was a concert that we went to. Yeah, it was. It was Los Angeles. It, uh, in Los Angeles, it was the album release uh, tour for the Grateful Dead's Working Man's Dead um, album. So... Um, we went, there was three bands on the bill. Uh, the Grateful Dead had the top billing, which a lot of people might be surprised, but in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Berkeley, California, the the Grateful Dead were, were a big deal. Uh, they were more uh, underground, maybe for the rest of the country for a long time, and they've had super devoted followers forever. So this was in 69, was it? No, 70. We were into 70 by then. Let's see. I was 12. Yeah, so 70. We were into 70. And um, we went to this concert. It was the uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service, the Jefferson Airplane, and the Grateful Dead. And uh, we didn't know it was an album release. It wasn't advertised at that. Uh, but that's what the plan was. So we all, the, the group of us that went, I think there was four of us went um, to this concert we all took acid before we left it was uh um it was we knew it was good good acid um and we were ready to go and trip all night long to these to live music and uh once we got there the uh the grateful dead i don't know if you've read the electric kool-aid acid test or you know anything about it but the grateful dead are represented in that story they are that's their story right so uh the um they were there with shopping bags. There was people walking around with shopping bags that were like, I wouldn't say full. They were probably, I don't know, eight, eight inches of acid in the bottom of each of these paper shopping bags. And they were spread out throughout the whole arena. So they were getting the whole arena uh, stoned on one of the most uh, orange sunshine barrel is what it was called. It was the... It was like it's a champagne of LSD. It was the LSD that was made by the chemist uh, from uh, uh, the electric Kool-Aid acid test. And so this acid was throughout the whole... Everybody in that stadium that took LSD, that would take LSD, took LSD, and it was wild. Um, 
plus I was already stoned. I had already taken a tab. So I had, uh, when they came around with the shopping bag, I took, I took two tablets. Uh, I only took one. I saved the other one for another time. And then they came back and, uh, and offered us more. And I took another one. So I, I can't remember if I took three that night or just two, but I was really stoned. Everybody was really, really stoned. And, um, the, the, um, the whole light show, like the way they did light shows back then was wild. Like they had overhead projectors and they put, uh, dye, uh, like vegetable oil and food coloring and they'd move it around by heat or air or whatever. And that would be projected onto the, onto the wall. Plus they had, uh, graphics and, and the graphics at this concert were the Silver Surfer and the Hulk. And there was a little kid, uh, walking around naked it was a it was like a a comic like a comic kid like a comic drawing um and he was walking around naked he had uh, no pubic hair he he had a sort of a chubby belly and he had hair about as long as mine was at that time and uh then there was uh there was a number of other graphic representations of this kid as he grew up uh, into a man and as a man and uh, as a as a full-grown man he he was tortured he like mentally he was mentally tortured like emotionally racked with pain and the pain that pain was was radiating out of him in this this comment like this character so um it was a uh, it was outrageous and i was right in the front of the stage when we first started i was up in the front within the first three five row, three to five rows from the front of the stage, but off to the right-hand side. And as the concert progressed, I ended up being right in the middle of the stage, right in the front. And uh, there was this lady there that everybody was stoned, like I said. She said to me, she said, that's, that's you. And she pointed at the comic book character, you know, the cartoon character, uh, and of the little boy and she said that's you and then she said oh my gosh this whole concert is for you and I turned around and I looked and the stadium was full like I don't know how many people 20,000 people 30,000 people it was huge and she said this whole this whole concert is this whole night is just for you and I'm like oh my gosh like I I was absorbed into it then like I was part of like this was my life story or whatever it was so we listened to the to the first band, and it was like they're one of my favorite bands. They always have been. Uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service, and then uh, um, anybody that knows uh, Jefferson Airplane, fantastic nineteen um, seventies freeform kind of a band music, like great, great music. And then the Grateful Dead. I was a Deadhead, so the the Grateful Dead came out, and they're all plugged in, and they're playing, and it's like it's just raucous and everything, and. Then they all put down their instruments and they pick up these acoustic instruments and they say, we're going to introduce you a few songs from our new album, which is being released the end of this month. And uh, they started playing these songs, the songs from uh, Working Man's Dead, and they were acoustic. It was so different. It was way different than what the Grateful Dead had done and what that whole concert had been. There wasn't acoustic. It wasn't acoustic concert. It was electric. And it's like the whole mood shifted and I can't remember if that's when she said that this whole concert was for you or if she said it at the beginning 
I don't know. It doesn't matter because in my head, that whole concert was directed at me, for me. Now, I want to jump back ahead to that story in my living room uh, when I was 13, when I was turning 13. That album, Working Man's Dead, was playing on our record player. We had one of those record players with the arm and so you could stack up and and put album records on and then one would fall and and you threw, put the arm over well if you didn't have any records and you left the arm it would just keep playing the one side over and over and over again so we listened to that one side that the the I don't remember which one it was over and over and over again for I don't know at least 3 times I would say and that sort of directed me I went back to that trip where the concert was for me and it directed me and that's why I thought I was God and that's why I thought the, I, I realized I wasn't God. So all of this stuff ties together. I mean, and it's not, I mean, it doesn't start there. There's this stuff that ties all of these stories together that goes back to, to Alabama. And then this thread never stops. This thread never stops uh, working and influencing my life for the, for my whole life. Right. So, um, Anyway, I'm going to get to more of that stuff. I think that maybe right now that's enough. I, I uh, Thanks for joining me. Um, I don't know what song I'm going to do yet because I haven't recorded it yet unless I play one that I've already got recorded, uh, which, I, which I might. I've got one that I've never played public since the 80s. I wrote it in uh, 1981, I think, uh, after I was married and... Uh, started uh getting involved with uh with a church community i might i might play that one but i think i might try to find a different one we'll see we'll see how it goes anyway again thanks for joining me and i hope it was interesting and see you at episode five so much I'm dying to tell you, but you can't bear to hear me now. In a little while, I must move on, but I'll send my love to you. You can call my name. I'm dying to tell you But you can't bear to hear me now And in a little while I must move on But I'll send my love to you You can't
I'll come back to you.